Hey, welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. I'm Robin, your host, and I'm a late bloomer just like you. We are a part of a rapidly growing, lesser known, or even talked about subset of the queer community. We're a tribe, if you will. And if you're anything like me, when I came out, I was confused, scared. I felt like I was going crazy and I felt all alone and had nobody to talk to. Not to worry, you've come to the right place. In the Coming Out Late podcast, you'll hear real, raw, and relatable Coming Out Late stories. You'll be inspired, informed, and educated, and you'll definitely feel supported. And you can stop feeling like you're living someone else's life and start living your own. So welcome, you have found your tribe. And welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and for choosing to spend your precious time with me today. I'm Robin, your host of the Coming Out Late podcast. And Happy New Year. We made it. We made it into 2023. I don't know how many of you are thrilled to say goodbye to 2022, or maybe some of you are melancholy about it, or maybe you have mixed feelings and feel both sad and glad to be staring at 2022 from your rearview mirror. I personally am glad to be looking forward into 2023. I did do my annual polar bear plunge into the Atlantic Ocean yesterday, and it was mm, invigorating, to say the least. As I did last year, I dropped a little video in my Instagram account about my new word for 2023. So as to keep you in suspense, you'll have to go find my IG post and find out what my word is for 2023. Last year, my word was courage and continues to be courage going into 2023. But each year, I add on a new word, or a new theme, if you will, or a battle cry, in the form of one word for me to focus on going into and throughout the full year ahead. So in addition to courage, left over from last year, in 2023, my word is... Huh. I don't know what just happened there to the recording. But, hmm, oh well, I guess you'll have to check out my Instagram account. My handle will be in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, due to the nature of this episode this week, I am not doing any announcements before or after this recording. So I encourage you to find out about my one-on-one coaching, the March and April retreats, the Coming Out Late Facebook group, and the new, for 2023, small group coaching sessions taking the place of support groups this coming year, and lots more in the show notes. Okay, so let's get to it, shall we? Last year, back in October, in episode 55, we had the distinct pleasure to hear from one of our own from our Coming Out Late community read to us her story, all the way from Australia. You may remember that story read by Michelle. It was stunning, impactful, thought-provoking, heartwarming, and vulnerable, not to mention real, raw, and relatable. 
Today, we again have the distinct pleasure to hear from another such person in our Coming Out Late community, Helen. Helen emailed me and shared with me her story, inviting me to use it as an episode for an upcoming podcast. I had the rest of December already scheduled with episodes and shared that it probably wouldn't be available to the public until January 2nd of 2023. She said that would be perfect because much of her story began a year ago, nearly to the day. I was so touched when I read Helen's story that I proceeded to beg her to please consider reading it in her own voice and send me the recording. Thankfully, Helen happily and humbly agreed. Helen takes us through her coming out late story, beginning in January of 2022, all the way up to now, a year later. It includes things about life in general, but most definitely includes her path to self-discovery regarding her queerness. As I mentioned, because I want you to get the full depth, breadth, impact, and effect that this story will potentially have on you, I'm choosing not to make any administrative announcements before or after Helen's story. I do, however, want to make a few brief announcements that are directly related to Helen's story. The first one being that I would very much, and it is my honor to dedicate this episode in the name and memory of Simon. Simon was Helen's partner and husband of 34 years. One year ago, nearly to the day, Simon lost his life to ALS. ALS stands for amitriophic lateral sclerosis. ALS is also commonly known in the United States as Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig was an American professional Major League Baseball player who was forced to retire in 1939 as a result of his ALS diagnosis and his progressing symptoms. Simon, Helen, and their two sons are from the United Kingdom where ALS is commonly known as MND, or motor neuron disease. Like ALS, MND is a rare neurological condition that causes the deterioration and loss of function and control of the muscles in our bodies, resulting in a wasting away of those muscles. Not an easy or pleasant way to perish, to say the least. I asked Helen where people could go on the internet to learn more about MND or ALS and possibly make a donation in Simon's name, and Helen provided me the link to the Sheffield Institute for Translational Neuroscience, who, in Helen's words, quote, are doing brilliant work and groundbreaking research, unquote. The link to make a donation or to simply check out the Sheffield Institute for Translational Neuroscience are in the show notes so please check that out as well. Simon, this episode is dedicated to you. And now I bring you Helen and her coming out story. Hello to all of you, coming out late, just like me. My name is Helen Flack, and I live near Dover on the southeastern tip of England. I would like to share with you the story of my 2022. Sadly, it begins with the death from ALS, motor neuron disease, of my husband Simon on the 7th of January. We were together for 34 years and had two sons, now aged 21 and 24. So my journey began with grief, but I won't dwell on, it's just too awful. Things were starting to get better, 
when an autism diagnosis in the spring led me to explore my gender dysphoria, intersex characteristics and lifelong attraction to women. I came out first in October as bisexual, swiftly followed by my ecstatic transformation into my authentic butch lesbian self. They were always in there, fighting to get out. Now, let me take you back to the start of October. I had been feeling stuck in my grieving, but after some counselling, I was able to quietly howl out my grief in the hospice garden, near where Simon had died ten months earlier. I could feel myself almost physically laying down the burdens of grief, anger, guilt and deep sorrow. It viscerally felt like the end of that horrible three years in our lives, marking a conscious abdication of my status as lover, best friend, wife, carer and even widow. Removing my wedding ring, I no longer stood in his empty shadow. I was only 51. I needed to seek wholeness in my own right, as opposed to being half of someone who will be forever absent. There is guilt that I have survived and am free to turn away from him and move on. But he has gone and I am here alone, so now I must choose a different future from the one which we had planned for ourselves together. Life is for the living, for those of us left behind by a loved one's passing. We are alive, and it is our duty to seize each day and live it fully. I first voiced my lifelong gender dysphoria in April 2022 at the age of 50 to a psychologist during my autism diagnosis. Saying those words out loud to someone else finally made it real. I have always felt male. My childhood wishes and dreams were that I could become a boy. I loved wearing my dad's ties, all of them at once. I loved dressing up so much because I could play male characters and inhabit their powerful bodies and roles. I longed to have a man's strong body, to wear my hair short, ride a motorbike, dress in macho clothes and always get the girl and save the day. I recall teenage crushes on female teachers and friends, but my actual physical encounters were all with boys, mostly out of envious curiosity. In adult life, yes, during my relationship with Simon, I pursued secret emotional obsessions with certain women, never reciprocated and always damaging to myself. The most extreme of these in 2013 warped my sense of self and wrecked my mental health. Centred on powerful female figures, my passions were an overwhelming hunger for close friendship, a strong desire to be needed by her, to help and to protect her, and above all to gain her approval. Perhaps my childhood experience of feeling invisible and misunderstood played out, played out in these cravings. I have only recently recognised these behaviour patterns, which ploughed such a painful furrow through my life. In my teens, the pressure to fit a feminine mould pushed me away from being my true butch self. They would only emerge decades later. Breasts, periods, these things appalled me. 
I felt deep discomfort around female fashion and makeup, and I found female friendships incomprehensibly difficult to navigate. I think I still do. Classic autistic behaviour, undiagnosed and very hard to deal with as a teenager or at any age. My sex drive was fabulously high during puberty. And I have to say, it was with extreme relief that I fell in love with Simon, aged 16, and explored the benefits of the male body from a female perspective. But more than that, from being a tomboy in a house dominated by women, I have three sisters, I suddenly had full access to a real man and really enjoyed Simon's masculinity as a close friend, a sort of brother. Our whole life together. I always loved choosing him clothes, especially ties, and having his maleness around. I was able to express my masculine side vicariously, or for real, as one of the boys, on outdoor adventures with our sons, hiking and biking in the mountains. Simon knew and was totally cool with the fact that I have some masculine secondary sexual characteristics, what you could call lower spectrum intersex variations. I have shaved my face since puberty. I have quite a deep voice. My physicality and sportiness lead to muscularity, which I enjoy. In addition to this, I have never once worn makeup. I only got both ears pierced back in the 1980s to try to signify to others that I was a girl. I only dressed and acted female to fit society's norms because I could see no other way. But I just couldn't see my place in the world. I thought much of me was wrong or shamefully other and didn't dare to imagine showing who I really am. Internalised homophobia made me so fearful of my innermost desires and true nature that I suppressed my queerness even from myself. But Simon knew that I'm turned on by women. He knew this from our earliest years together and we shared many truths with one another, which will remain our secrets. One thing I can really thank him for out of so many things is that he helped me to inhabit my female body and, by having two sons together, he helped me to make sense of and accept this body which my confused mind had been rejecting for so long. Sadly, the shame of my intersex characteristics has really knocked my confidence over the years and it's only now I'm out that I'm able to tell people openly that I shave because it no longer feels like the so-called facial hair problem which society teaches us to believe. Lots of women shave, pluck, wax, whatever. It's normal. Some are even brave enough to just let it grow out. Maybe that's my next challenge. I think my next comments may resonate with a lot of Robin's listeners and with my friends in Robin's brilliant Coming Out Late Facebook group. In exploring my queerness later in life, I stood initially with one foot in the past and one in the future by coming out to begin with as bisexual. This was a conscious attempt to reconcile my previous 34 straight acting years with my lifelong butch lesbian inclinations. Also, I was giving family and friends 
a few weeks to understand and adjust to my new identity, though I was far too excited to give them very long. I think I paused because I feared dishonouring my late husband's memory or casting doubt upon our happy marriage. I've left that ambiguity behind now and am proud to say that I am a lesbian. It troubles me when family and friends assure me that nothing has changed and you're still the same Helen. Perhaps what they actually mean is that they could always see the real me behind my attempts at femininity. I've been really fortunate that my family and friends have all been somewhere on a range between super supportive, the majority, and politely accepting, a small minority. Most people are just really happy to see me happy, including, wonderfully, Simon's mum and sister, and of course my beautiful sons. I stand taller now, in my masculine clothes, with a couple of extra piercings in one ear to overrule my teenage attempt at looking female. Without Simon's masculinity in my life, I need to, and am free to, express my own masculinity at last. I can only be brave enough to tackle this world alone, by standing upright and strong, expressing my deepest male desires with my clothes, cologne, skin fade haircut and swagger. This is living my dream. And I realise that at the moment it had nothing to do with attracting others, which is probably just as well. Instead, it is about at last learning how to love and accept myself for who I truly am and enjoying being that person. This is not an easy path, but expressing my queerness has brought unexpected joy and opportunities. Roll on January 2023, when this out and proud lesbian is moving house to the heart of England to make a new life for myself. I will be closer to my sons, my family and my university friends, and I'm really looking forward to being able to meet in person with the friendly and slightly crazy Mabel's Gay Women's Social Group in Northampton. Now that my gorgeous gay genie is out of the lamp, there's no stopping me. I have just one more thing to add. Simon will always be with me on life's journey, because I had both of our wedding rings melted down together to make a signet ring engraved with our initials S Heart H. Without him and our two wonderful sons, I would almost certainly have committed suicide in my darkest times. Simon was an exceptional person. I will always love him. And his unconditional love for me carries me forward. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for your people, your community, and a safe place to learn and get answers to your questions, then come join the conversation. Come join us in our private Facebook group, Coming Out Late, because we all know it's better late than never, and it's never too late.